Today is a great day for car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. She's a song and a car. Good day and welcome to the car wash. This is episode number 59. On today's show, we discuss Gavin Hunt's time at Chiefs so far. We react to the PSL's midweek and past weekend games and react to Owen Dugama taking over the TS Galaxy coaching job. Whether you are listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts, welcome to the show. I am your host, Slu Paho, but of course, I am not alone. I am joined by former IX Cape Town and Mamelodi Sundowns goalkeeper, Mr. Sean Roberts himself. Sean, how are you doing? Are we? I'm good. Thanks, brother. How are you doing? I am good. I am all good. Uh, And we are, of course, also joined by former Orlando Pirates, Sundowns, and Bafana midfielder, one Deco Mudise. How are you doing, sir? I'm easy, Chief. How are you? I'm all good. All good. Well, we come to you from a delayed recording. Of course, we live in a country being load shed, Mm. and uh, it's always tough. Uh, when you're recording from home to try and find the right time. But Friday is your day for the car wash this week. Uh, And since it feels a little funny to have the show recorded and released Uh, like this, I feel like we can start off with something a little funny with the joke of the day. (laughs) Well, that's Lou. Right. Short and sweet. Here we go. It takes guts to be an organ donor. Oh, no, man. Sean. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you. Sean Sean O'Ben had the dad joke since before he was a dad. (laughs) 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 All right. But we kick off today's show with pole position. Poll position is where we ask a question on Facebook to our readers and listeners. Uh, and, you know, there's a lovely piece in, in the newspaper, the latest paper, which you can pick up for five rand, just one coin. Uh, in the midsection, they have an entire feature on Gavin Hunt's first 100 days at Kaiser Chiefs. And so we asked you, all things considered, how would you rate Gavin Hunt's time at Chiefs so far? Here's what you had to say. Gavin Hunt in this moment is doing pretty good. He gave the boys strategy to play, and the boys loses his strategies, so he's not his fault. And Uncaf, yeah, Uncaf, I think he's doing pretty good. What you need to do is just work on the controlling midfielder and scoring goals. Bobo, Gavin Hunt, a good way to a course. Champions League. And there you have it. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those funny things when it comes to Kaiser Chiefs uh, and Gavin Hunt. People want to give him time. Some people think that Chiefs should be performing a lot better despite all of their issues. But when you take everything into account, the transfer window issue, uh, player uh, confidence coming off of last season, and also, you know, the the, the kind of bittersweetness uh, of the of the season so far, not doing well in the league, but qualifying for their first CAF Champions League group stage. How would you rate the season so far for Gavin Hunt, Sean? Uh, Slu, um, 
it's it's a very tough question. It's obviously as Gavin Hunt and his 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 backroom staff, whatever, would obviously be way, prefer to be way up the table, which they're not. And that to me is a combination of unluckiness because they have been unlucky. Um, they haven't played the best. We've got to be honest, but they have been unlucky. They, they've had they created the chances during the season, um, but they've also conceded quite a bit, and, that, and that's what they minimized last season was the conceding of the goals but they've had their chances so there's been no excuse it hasn't been the dream start that we all thought it was going to be for Gavin Hunt um Teko mentioned well we, we all mentioned last week on the podcast that you know it is still the same squad that nearly won the league last year so you've got to sort of you know ask the question you know what, what's going on what's going on behind the scenes um in the change room and, and that's that to me is the core focus what's happening in the change room because we know Chiefs is there's a lot of ego. There's some big players, some big names. And if you lose control of that, uh, there's problems. Good result for them uh, during the week because of last night, I think. Um, and and you just see when Nurkovic was out, how much they've they've missed something. And it, and I'm, I'm, I'm always reluctant to say, uh, put a player on such a pedestal, but he really took the PSL by storm last season. And he's come back last night and he scored again. And... Uh, Hopefully, because I'm a Chiefs fan. Hopefully, this is the start of Chiefs climbing that ladder back to uh, back to where they belong. Deco, how would how would you rate this season? I mean, it's tough to judge after ten games um, in the league and just the MTN8 competition. But you watched the game last night for Supersport, and you know Sean mentioned unluckiness. Some dude tried to take off one of Chiefs players' whole leg last night <laughs> i don't know if you i don't know you know the play that i'm talking about but plus kamabiliat now is injured so like there is a bit of bad luck there how, how would you rate the season oh uh, yeah um it's it's been a tough season for just kids chiefs as a whole before i can include Gavin hunt as a coach yeah i think i think the guys um 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 didn't start well and uh, we all know the factors behind that and uh to, to because the games were coming in thick and fast and they were unable to actually to to get back their form their winning ways actually and uh, with that also with the new coach coming in implementing the new type uh, style of play as well um, you know it's not easy for guys to adjust to a new coach with a new style as well because now as a coach you need to teach them how to undo or to unlearn other things as well so that takes time and uh, with the demands of being a Kaiser Chiefs, uh, Kaiser Chiefs player and a coach, we all know um, how, how big that is. But for, for, for the entire uh, Kaiser Chiefs family, I think it's, it's, it's been a tough, tough, tough season for them. And then also um, it, it, it came to a point where they needed to be realistic about the situation. Mm. The truth of the matter is they needed to start looking at each other in the eyes and, and, and be honest with each other. Like we really, really guys don't have players. Mm. You know, we, we nearly got away with it last season. We nearly won the league. But the truth of the matter is right now, we can realize that these are the same players, but we really, really, really need to beef up the squad and change a whole lot of personalities in the, in the team. And with Gavin Hunt coming in, that also didn't help because there was no continuity on the coaches as well. Mm. So so now that comes in, Gavin Hunt now is he, unable to sign and he's the coach that comes with the pedigree of winning trophies as well. So that also the expectations goes higher with the quality that they have, it becomes a problem. Mm. But also but also with the, with the difficulties as well of this COVID, players getting COVID and, and so many players, especially important players for Kaiser Chiefs getting injured, it doesn't help the situation as well. 
So, so Gavin Hart never had it easy this season. Uh, Casey Chiefs players as well. I feel for them because can you imagine, you know, going seven games without a win or six games without a win, and you have to go buy grocery, and everybody knows who you are. Yeah, you're gonna start asking you, hey, Chief, when are you gonna start winning? Yeah. And yesterday's game, I looked at them when they walked in, uh, uh, um, try, um, as as they went into go warm up. I was I was sure that the, this team is not gonna win this game because of the body language you could see in their faces as well like there's something is missing you know in in that team and and what was missing was the feeling of of, of winning you yeah. know knowing uh getting that feeling back you know the confidence back and the only person also that was shouting and making so much noise from the men from the first minutes was nukovic and I, and I spoke in length about him yesterday before the game. I said, uh, this is the guy that they need to bring that energy because of the way he plays, you know. And and that's exactly what he did. Besides the goal, they, they needed somebody that they can rely on, somebody that can bring hope and confidence within the team. Yes, it's not Kansas Chiefs that is fully on confidence, but he's the guy that they know that with half chance, he might score. Sure. And And, and look at yesterday. This was his first start yesterday this season yeah and uh, you look at zuma as well it was his first start which is the guy that was very instrumental in, as a sub as a super sub last season these are the guys that actually changed the game yesterday yeah but uh, during the game also you can tell about their fitness level yeah you could tell that these guys are, are slowly getting to get tired especially in the 60th 70th minute was where amazuru was coming these guys were tired yeah but also um i feel like uh, um uh, Nukovic, uh, uh I, I think I thought that Unukovic wouldn't play the whole 90 game, 90 minutes, but he did. But you can understand as well. I looked at the Chelsea Chiefs bench. I'm like, I understand what Coach Gavin Hunt is going through. Mm. There is literally nothing that he can do, and uh, and sometimes you need to rely on the senior players, and that's what he did yesterday. And I, and and I, and and from what I saw yesterday from Chelsea Chiefs, I just want to commend them. They they showed the fighting spirit yesterday, even though under difficult circumstances. You know, I saw, I saw your Bennett Parker fighting hard for the team, but I'm Patella at the back fighting hard for the team. Cardoso playing out of position, playing in the midfield, sure, playing you know playing with his heart. Nukovic coming back from an injury, you know, nearly getting a red card because of you know he's feisty and he's spicy and he's you know he's Nando's chili chili hot. The man is spicy. You know, and but but for me I'll say um, especially after yesterday's game, I think that was a confidence booster they, they need to look at that game and start building from there but i've always said that they just need probably maybe one convincing win yesterday wasn't a convincing win but they need just one convincing win look at them now with just one victory after seven games they are they they're in position nine i think they're 10 that's points ridiculous you know that's that's, that's how, <laughs> the, how that's how funny the league is if if they get if they get a they get a point or three points against cape town city they are they're in top eight easy so now there's a different conversation and and that's this is football that's how football is and uh, and i looked at also the interviews of other players as well of case chief they've they've always been saying that they they can turn things around they can turn things around uh, but but also their body language wasn't saying that but I hope I hope with the victory yesterday, you know, they'll start changing that and 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 we would love to see Kesa Chiefs back. Yes, they will never win the league this season, but we would love to see them just competing, you know. Yeah, I saw one of one of their players came out and he was like, Oh, you know, they they asked him about the plan to catch downs. And I, I was surprised by the line of question to begin with. But the player was like, Look, Chiefs can turn the season around if if they win their next five games. And I think that that's kind of the view that they have to take. That like this thing of looking back and going, 
like, ah, oh, you know, all of our struggles, all of our difficulties. Yeah. It's always you're gonna you're gonna put yourself in a rut. Uh, I'll get my my weekly um, Arsenal reference out of the way straight up. <laughs> it segues quite nicely uh-huh. into the question that I'll ask Sean: is that we had this issue where we we relied so much Arsenal on on these senior players who were not putting in their shift properly. And then we inject some youth into the team and these boys are smashing, doing way better than the 70 million pound signings. And it's one of the things that has been pointed out as one of the things Hunt's gotten right. So they are, so in the Laduma, they mention, you know, taking CAF competition seriously, obviously getting them to that CAF Champions League group stage spot, which should not be minimized by any stretch. It's a huge accomplishment just because we can't see it on our screens. Doesn't mean that it's not impressive. But also they say Hunt's, uh, put some faith in the kids. So, what do you make of his faith in guys like Ngobo and Blom, guys like Daryl Macheke, um, Lisako, uh, even Sifama? Do, do, do you think that this is the key? We've been saying all along, but do you think that it's 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 the key? And maybe a guy like Nurkovic can spur on these young players to yeah. refine that form. It's it's, it's a good question, Slu. Um, but please do not, and to the listeners out there, you cannot discount the fact that. Having senior players in the squad, like your Parker, like your Katsanda, um, like your Itus, and what they add to that change room. When the change room is positive, what they add to that change room, to those youngsters. Yes, Blom has been amazing. He's one for the future. So are the rest. But would they be where they are if these guys weren't backing them as well? Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, 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 and Teko will echo that 100%. So don't discount that fact. Um, I think Gavin doesn't really have much of a choice to play the youngsters. Um, but w- w- when the when the older guys come in, like you saw last night, Parker playing, fighting, fighting, fighting. That's what you want. Mm. Th- that's what you want. And the youngsters are going to follow. Mm. And I said they've been unlucky. Last night, they got very lucky. And hopefully, this is just what they need to get those five wins on the go. And it's very possible. Very possible. Do you think that the, that the older players, because I've seen this um, particularly at some European clubs, where the youth comes in and people think that, oh, you know, the older players should watch their spot in the starting 11. But sometimes the older players get inspired by the youth that is put into the team um, and, and are kind of spurred on. Do you think that that sort of thing can happen for Chiefs? Yeah, I, I think so. But also, you know, the older players are mature enough to know where they are and where they stand at the moment. Um, do, do you know what I mean? That's why you get the, uh, the Bernard Parker who's been there for so many years who gets that extra year every year. Do you know what I mean? It's it's they're not they're not shooing him off. They understand the value he adds. That's why you'll probably see Willard Cut Sunday, even though he's not playing at the moment. He'll probably get an extra year because of the value he adds. Um is yeah, about to get extended two years. Yeah, there we go. Well, he's, he's not he's not quite there yet in terms of age, but uh um you need that fine balance. And and if Chiefs get this right, if if they are wise, um, if they don't make long-term decisions in these temporary times in terms of Gavin Hunt, because Gavin must stay, and if they stick with Gavin, Chiefs will be unbeatable the next two, three seasons, without a doubt. If you see these crop of youngsters coming through, if the fans are patient, if the club is patient, yes, it might not be the best season this season, and yes, the hearts were broken last season, but that's football, it's life. You know, I mean, when's the last time they won a trophy? Anyway, it's, it is what it is. But patience is the key here. Um, when the transfer window opens, they need to make the correct signings. You will definitely see a completely different, confident 
full of youngsters, Kaiser Chiefs next season, without a doubt. Mm. Deco, how, how have you seen this balance between youth and Gavin? Uh, sorry, Gavin. The youth and, and, and experienced players that Gavin has has had to kind of form. It's a it's a it's a it's a tough balance to strike. Um, you know, it's it because it's hard, obviously, especially this season where signings aren't possible, and a lot of these you know disky challenge youngsters haven't had the type of experience that a Chiefs player needs to have. But also, you don't want to, you know, rely too heavily on senior players. They are getting on in years. How do you think he's 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 finding that balance? Uh, I, th- I think first of all, um, um, Slu, um, if you haven't played for Kaiser Chiefs, you'll never have an experience for playing for Kaiser Chiefs until you're there. So whether if, whether you're from a disc challenge or not, you know, and uh, for 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 Gavin to find a balance, uh, Gavin has done it in all the teams that he's coached. Even at Supersport, he gave your Kemi Rasmus a chance, your Zungu a chance. You know, he, he gave all the youngsters a chance. Your Mukeke is the chance. He's the guy that always gives the youngsters a chance if they raise their hands up at training. He's he's not scared to make those big decisions. Mm-hmm. But but looking at the situation now at Kids, he's forced to because because um because of the injuries, because of the COVID issues as well. And because of the underperforming of 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 so many senior players as well. And 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 and, and that's a fact. And 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 of course, when you come with the the youngsters, when they're coming in, um, they try to play their part as well. But with the youngsters, um, um, the problem is the consistency with them. There's always been a problem yeah. with, the, with the with the consistency when it comes to youngsters, and that's why you find you need to find a proper balance of the senior guys, and more experienced guys, and the younger ones. Because when the going gets tough, the younger uh, the younger ones tend to give up very easily. Like as Sean has, has pointed out uh, with uh, with with um, uh, with Bennett Parker yesterday, Bennett Parker was fighting, would lose the ball, would chase it down, and 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 with the youngsters as well, when they're looking at that, they they want to emulate that, they want to do that. If Bennett Parker at, at his age can do it, you as a 17, 18, 19 year old, you have no excuse not to do it. Yeah. So I think finding finding the right balance in every team, not just Casey, she's finding a right balance of youngsters and integrating them very slowly. I think it's important for the team's future. And 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 with what the situation is for Casey Chiefs, I think they're forced to be patient. I think it's a team that has never been patient before. Now the situation, how it is, they're forced to be patient. They're forced to actually look at how how they want to build a team and have those strategies, those meetings every single day and identify proper players that will be there for the next four or five years. And I think if this would if this didn't happen, they would never have those kind of uh, tough talks and conversations. And the Gavin is the right guy to have those kind of conversations. I'm sure Gavin and in every meeting is still telling them that guys we need we need 14 to 15 players that are new. And we've never seen Kansas Chiefs that, doing that before, but this will be a chance for them to do it. Hence it's so important for them to 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 progress on 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 CAF championship because the more money they get there it will actually come in, come in handy to to help secure Secure the, the signatures of, of of the younger ones coming in into the new season as well. So so it's important for that. But also, like Sean has said, I think it's important to sign the right players. And what are the right players for Kaiser Chiefs? And there's there's a difference between the right players for Kaiser Chiefs and the right players for Gavin Hunt. That's a fact. We all know that Gavin Hunt prefers to play a certain style of play, and and Kaiser Chiefs prefer to have uh, your Vuvuzela players. Right. Right. And now the the challenge will be um 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 how long do we want to keep Gavin Hunt? Yeah. And if that's the case, if let's say we're keeping Gavin Hunt for five years, which means it can give us a chance to sign the players that he wants, that will be there for all his term. 
Or if we not trust Gavin Hunt to be here as long as we think, then are we still going to continue signing the Vuvuzela players, hoping that when Gavin Hunt leaves, they will have a chance with another coach to come and play? I think this is a tough situation for kids to actually make up their minds as to how they actually want to play and how they actually want to go about, especially with the coach Gavin Hunt. Because even if Gavin Hunt leaves, let's say if uh, it happens at uh, end of the season that Gavin has decided well, like you know what it's tough I can't take this anymore there's nobody qualified available in South Africa right now whoever that's going to come through the chances are he doesn't know any player in the PSL so it's going to go back to what Kessie Chiefs was somebody else is going to sign those players because he likes them yeah not because of they're good for the team because he likes them yeah so I think right now it's it's an opportunity for for a big club like Kessie Chiefs to to start going to that to that to that bank vault and open it up and start signing players that will be there for the next five years because the the situation is that you don't want to win the league this season or next season but you're building a team that will be unstoppable for the next three four five years and if you, you start doing that by integrating very slowly with the younger players that understand the culture of the team and bring on new guys that actually wants to you know showcase their talent in case Chiefs. because you need to find a proper balance into that and i think the people that are uh, in charge of signing the players, I think now they, uh, they need to end their money. Yeah, they gotta they gotta earn that salary. Um, mm -hmm. From there, we move into the international news desk. This week, I pre-recorded it with Kurt, and we discuss transfer news and Man United's midfield. Have a listen. All right, it's time for the latest international news. And for that, we are joined by Mr. Kurt Buckerfield, international news correspondent for Sokola Duma. Kurt, how are you doing? Hey, Sue. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I am all good, all good. Well, we have the transfer window to discuss. It's kind of one of the, the slowest January transfer windows that I remember. There's always usually some crazy move being made, but it feels like, you know, now obviously there's the COVID reality and all of that, but it just feels like everybody is being a little bit more tentative. Um, and uh, I think, I think you know, we can talk about the current log leaders uh, because Manchester United are always fascinating. The, the, I have opinions about the, the rest of the top six or the proverbial talks, the top six, but let's start with United and looking at... Um, that midfield of theirs, uh, which I think is one of the most fascinating things because you have guys like Pogba, who, you know, he's a World Cup winner, obviously great talent, struggled for a while, suddenly he's found his form. Is he going to leave yeah. or not? Um, you have guys like uh, Bruno, who's come in and just been a, a world-class signing. You also have a guy like Donny van der Beek. Uh, is it van der Beek? Van der Beek. Van der Beek. Uh, you know, Donny's been benched. Uh, quite a lot since he signed. So what do you make of that of that midfield? Let's start with Pogba. Um, what should be done with Pogba? Is, should he still be sold? Or do you think that he's earned the right to, to, to push for a new contract? Um, I think, Slu, I've always been a massive fan of Paul Pogba's. And I think that, you know, he's really played well a month or so. He's really come into form. Um, and his turn in form has come at the same time um, came out with those comments where he said, my client wants to leave and he's unhappy in Manchester. So it's it's been very confusing, I think, for Manchester United supporters. But there are misconceptions around Paul Pogba and a lot of them are that he is ill-disciplined and he's a bad influence. And I don't think any of those things are true um, because he's come out in arguably the most difficult career and started to play some of the best football of his career. So I think that when it comes to the end of the season, he will still be moved on and I don't think United necessarily want to do that but I think if Pogba does want to leave 
um, you know, after you know some impressive form, maybe a title challenge, they would be happy to do that, knowing that they're in a better position to uh, you know replace him. Still leave. I think that he he does want to leave. It's it's pretty clear he wants to leave based on what his, his agent has said. But he does need to be um, you know applauded for his recent form. I think he's been brilliant. Um, but it's also something that you know United for a long time so it's it's kind of confusing i think for for most manchester united fans whether to to praise him right now or to be annoyed in this kind of form for the last four years but it's been a difficult season he has he's had injury um you know he was on the bench for a while then his agent came out with those comments it wasn't looking good for him but he's playing um a really important role at the moment yeah i, I would say and one thing that that I would say is that it would be disappointing if Manchester United, you know, come back, you know, full throttle this se this season, and Pogba's a big reason for it, and then he still leaves, leaving Man United to to, to look for a replacement for him. Um, but you know, you you've mentioned quite a bit on on, on the Twitter streets and 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 uh, you know, in your opinions, that Jack Grealish would be a great addition to the United yeah. side. Um, do you think that it becomes difficult now yeah. with the idea of Pogba potentially leaving? How do you replace Pogba? Does Gre is it's not a straight swap, obviously, with with Grealish. Um, you know letting Pogba go and bringing Grealish in. Grealish is a different kind of player. Um, where do you think Grealish would fit into the United midfield picture if he was potentially signed? Let's say he was signed this January. Yeah. Where would he fit in at United? I think he would go into the front three. Um, I think Jack Grealish is best deployed as a, as a left winger. He played there for England in the most recent international break. It's best there for Villa, but he can play on the left side of a midfield 3-2. So if he were to come in in this January transfer window, I think he would be played on the left or on the right because he can play on the right. And that's what you know I kind of like about him. He's very versatile, can play in a number of positions, um, but I would say he's best deployed on the left. But you know what? United's front three wants to be, uh, or Solskjaer at least, wants his front three to be interchangeable. I think that that's what would happen hypothetically if he were to come in. It would be like Jack Grealish, Marcus Rashford, and Edinson Cavani or Anthony Martial, and those rotating, especially the two wide guys um, alongside the striker. Yeah, it, it it is interesting. What do you think should happen with with the boy Donny? Um, you know, when he was signed, there was a lot of noise made about um, where he could fit in the type of player he was for Ajax. Uh, but now, you know, I saw somebody made the joke on Twitter. I don't know. Maybe it was you, but there, there was there was someone who was like, um, uh, "What's it? I, I'll I want to name man. I'm gonna I'm gonna get this joke wrong actually, and it's gonna be <laughs> Sean's jokes of the day. But he said something like, "I want to name my kid Donny so he never gets picked." Or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what do you think should happen? Should Donny is it a is it a is it a a thing of him not finding his place in the system? It seems like United fans want him to play. Yeah. What what what's the what's the vibe with Donny and why hasn't he made the starting eleven? So I think firstly, I think the response that. Solskjaer and Manchester United get for this situation is very reactionary. I think it normally comes after a game where we've struggled and we've looked um, to not be at our creative best in midfield. Then people suddenly start calling for him. Look, he is a very good player and he will be an important player for Manchester United and for, for the Netherlands like he is already, like he was at Ajax. But I think that there is such an expectation on new Manchester United players, players 
the academy. Um, and fans are kind of ruthless with the way in which they judge those kinds of players. So I think, you know, on one hand, should Van der Beek, Van der Beek be playing more often? Yes, I do think he should. It's a completely different experience going from Ajax to Manchester United, where the weight of the shirt is, is massive. It's, it's so difficult. So I think that Solskjaer is trying to um, into the squad slowly. And you know what? If it takes a season for him to adapt to English football, to adapt to the expectations um, of, of being a Manchester United player, then so, so be it. Um, I think right now we aren't in a rush. I think we have arguably one of the best creative midfielders in the world right now on form in our side, Bruno. That is where Donny van der Beek plays. So I don't think there's a rush. I think that he can play in other positions. He's, he's shown to be capable in deeper midfield positions. I think he can play wide as a player who kind of you know, a bit of a free role. Um, so I think that that will Manchester United, but the, I don't think we need to rush that. And I feel like we just need to be a bit more patient with, with him, with Solskjaer. I think that he's a really good player and he'll come right and there will be a time week in and week out. But um, let's just slow down, I think. Let's just slow down. And I'm talking as a fan and as a journalist. Let's just relax. Let's, let's wait. Let's wait after, you know, until a season's passed to see and assess um, what kind of play is in Manchester United. I just don't think there needs to be a rush right now. You know, many players have come in and gone. Um, many players have come in and uh, have battled and then don't get and end up being sold, especially in this post-Sir Alex Ferguson era. So, you know, let's just be a little bit more patient with him. Yeah, I think this season is kind of an exercise in patience for a lot of the the, the, the top six teams' uh, supporters. Um, you know, I've seen this with Arsenal, where we start terribly. Um, we don't look like we have any creativity. Then a few good games happen, and suddenly we go, wait a minute, we're not actually that far off um, top six. You know, it's a... We're, we're a few wins out, but but it's still doable. I think Chelsea fans in particular, I've seen being very, very hypercritical very quickly um, in a season where obviously there's pressure with the 200 million pounds spent in the last transfer window. Werner, Havertz not yet settling in. But you look at a team like United, at the beginning of the season, there were people saying, Ole out, uh, this team is going nowhere. Now they're chilling, sitting pretty three points clear at the top of the damn table so which is it um i feel like we we tend to overreact quite a bit um and i think that that's part of the reason why this transfer window is so slow you know I, I'm, I'm not even hearing that many rumors all of them yeah. kind of sound a bit half in my opinion i mean um this is the <laughs> most realistic transfer rumor that I've that I've heard for Arsenal in maybe the past 5 years the Emilia <laughs> from Norwich we usually yeah. get linked with like Isco from Madrid or, or like just these ridiculous signings that we would never make until we drop like 70 million on a Pepe. But I'm looking at Emi Bundia and, and, you know, I'm going, this is a guy who like, we, yeah, we can give this guy a chance. You know what I mean? It's not a super expensive signing. Um, but do you think that this is going to be one of those just like low spending windows where maybe people are trying to trim fat rather than put weight on? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you, we're already seeing that at Manchester United now with 
Um, Solskjaer recently admitting that he's trying to find clubs for uh, Rojo and for um, and then Timmy, uh, Timothy Fossumenta was recently sold to Bayern Leverkusen. Jesse Lingard's linked with the move away. So I think so. I think uh, Arsenal, of course, are trying to get, trying to desperately get Mesut Ozil off the books. So I think that that's a really um, a lot of these rumors just aren't real. Uh, they just aren't true. And you know what? There's such a disparity um, in in what's been what's going on around the club and what's going on. And that's why there are these reactions. You know, it's knee jerk um, in terms of uh, managers or, or to be sacked, or for calling for players to be replaced, calling for new signings. A lot of that is happening, um, you know, on social media and not in real life. I think that a big uh, part of that Ole out bandwagon was was simply just social media um, that would not ground if fans were allowed in the stadium during those times. It would not have been happening. Fans around or in Manchester really like Solskjaer and really like and respect former players to give them a chance. Um, so a lot of it's just created on social media and um, in actual everyday life. But yeah, I mean, Bundia, Slu, I actually like this guy. I really like him. He was good for Norwich in the Premier League. There was, I think there was a bit of a dip where, you know, things just died down on that front, but that kind of coincided with Norwich's form. I mean, they were really poor by Premier League standards last season. Um, and I feel like it's a good punt. For a, he's 24 years old. He's got Premier League experience. He's been in England almost for three years, um, and I think he's just a good alternative to you know probably more expensive options out there like those kinds of players who you know will command a huge fee and might not give you exactly what you want. So I think Buendia would be a good option. I really do. Emil Smith Rowe is playing really, but he's young and you can't really ask for like top level consistency from him right now. I think he's a really good player and he's been doing so well in recent weeks. Um, and he's also quite versatile. He's quite dynamic. He gets works. But Buendia, you know, he's leading in chance creation in the, the championship. And I think in broader Europe too. Um, now, obviously, you have to take into account that he's playing in the English championship and not in the you know, Premier League. But he's a good player and I think it would make a lot of sense for Arsenal to go for him. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned Emil Smith Rowe. The other issue with Emil Smith Rowe is that there's only one of him. Uh, we don't have an player in our team who can who can come in and do the things that he does. And so, even if he picks up a slight thigh strain or something, uh, then we're left with the same midfield stress that we had previously. And so, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, we definitely need somebody who who's able to step in when we lack that sort of burst. Because I remember before we were starting Emil Smith Rowe. It was frustrating to watch this team, and, and I think I think probably a lot of a lot of um, Premier League fans are, are feeling the same. And, and, and I mean, I don't. I again, you know, I've, I've I've kind of lost track of all of these rumors to the point where I don't even know who guys are linked with. You know, last I remember, Liverpool were linked with uh, Kylian Mbappe. I don't know who they're chasing <laughs> at the moment. So um, it's a strange season. But I will say this, uh, Kurt. Um, you know, you've been spot on when it comes to United pretty much all season. So congrats, you guys are top of the damn table. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Just Sam. about the ho- if you guys if you guys win your next two games, you're the halfway mark champions, which usually means <laughs> <laughs> 
I hope so. I really hope so. I'm just, you know what, like as a, as a fan, allow me to speak for a fan again, uh, from, from a fan's point of view again. I've just wanted to, for the last couple of years, watching Manchester United play again. And that's what I'm feeling at the moment. And I, I never wanted the, the expectation on Solskjaer to win trophies or the Premier League. I, I really don't care about that. It's all my faith in football, you know, allow me to enjoy watching the club I support again and um, if, it, if you know a trophy comes along seasons or whatever then great but I just want to enjoy watching the team I grew up supporting play football again it's simple as and I feel like Solskjaer is doing that and he's and then we'll play a game like this recent Burnley fixture it was a difficult, a difficult Burnley side um, difficult to break down, strong physical players, and it's not that pretty. But I can forgive a, a performance like that because just a few weeks ago we were playing free-flowing, lovely football, you know. So I think under previous managers, I was so frustrated uh, watching United play under Louis Van Gaal, Mourinho. Uh, I can't even remember the David Moyes era to be honest. I was so disconnected. But the, the football. The last two managers, it just wasn't great, you know, and it was like kind of every week. It was every week we were playing defensively against teams at, at the bottom of the log. And that was kind of difficult to connect. I grew up watching the great Manchester United. So right now I just enjoy it again and I'm, yeah, I'm so happy. Yeah, and what I will say as a closing thought is that it was kind of, in a weird way, in a strange way, refreshing to see Man United fans have their arrogance back. Oh. <laughs> it was just weird. You know, Arsenal fans are supposed to be the ones with all the funny banter and responses to failure that we always have. But United yeah. fans, generally speaking, it's just a consistent level of arrogance that we've been lacking for a while. So it's 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 kind of good to have you guys back, so, so to speak. And I'm telling you, Slew, that goes hand in hand with the, the, the belief that is in that team right now. I think that a lot of fans are trying to play this down, a lot of Manchester United fans down by saying things like, I don't really think that they can win the league. You know, I'm just enjoying it right now. I, I don't subscribe to that at all. I absolutely it's one of those seasons. We've won more games than any other team after 17 uh, fixtures. You know, why can't we? You know, let's stop making excuses. This team is good enough to win the league. Um, and we are top of the log by, I know it's just by three points and we're only in January, but we can win the league. So, uh, yeah, I don't subscribe to that whole, like, let's downplay expectations because we aren't supposed to be in this position. Let's just be grateful that we're anywhere near the top. It's like, no, we're top of the table. It's going to win the league. How's about that? Exactly, you know, and Arsenal are at the top of the bottom half of the table. So, you know, it's <laughs> the same thing, basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> same thing. All right, as usual, it's always a fantastic pleasure to have you join. Mr. Kurt Buckerfield, international news correspondent for La Duma. Thank you and have a good day. Cheers. And that was all from the international news desk. And... Uh, Next up, we're going to react to some of this uh, PSL action. We, we've discussed briefly the Chiefs-Amazulu match, which Deco also covered. Elsewhere, there was Supersport beating uh, Bloom Celtic 2-1. Uh, I think in that match, Krobler became Supersport United's all-time uh, leading goal scorer. So big up, Krobler. Um, and then elsewhere, Pirates absolutely dismantled TTM. To everyone's shock and surprise, 3-0 there. Um, so... Uh, 
what did you okay so let's start with that chiefs amazulu match the talking point for me was that that challenge and i, I swear i had it written down but uh what did you think of the match shono and obviously deco you're probably tired of talking about it hearing your voice but um do you think it was more about um uh Chiefs turning the season around, or do you think that there were some worrying signs that Benny and Amazulu should be worried about, considering how many chances they actually had? Well, that's the thing. This, this for me was um, Chiefs hopefully turning the season around, without a doubt. Um, again, Nurkovic on the score sheet, fantastic. Welcome back. Thank goodness for the, for the Chiefs faithful. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah okay. Uh, Amazulu, Benny's back, um, playing against a big team, playing at home. They could have won it, should they have won it, possibly. Uh, Chiefs didn't really look too comfortable, but we, we just spoke about at length now that they needed a bit of luck, and this could be it. This could be the time that we see Chiefs climbing that ladder. Yeah. Deco, what did you think overall of the game? Was it more about Chiefs or Amazul? Ah, I think Kizzy Chiefs came into their game as underdogs because of what's happening with them. You know, so many games without a win. And I think Amazulu was highly confident Mm. Um, um, that um, you know they're playing at home, and uh, you, you you can look at also at the lineup the way they they put on their lineup. There was more 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 attacking players because they wanted to dominate the game and create more chances to win, which they did create chances. But uh, I think um, Kaiser Chiefs, uh, yes, certain moments they didn't defend well, but they fought. Yeah, you know they 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 fought uh, for that victory, and 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 that's what they needed. You know, with Kaiser Chiefs right now, you don't expect them to play beautiful football, but you expect to see the fighting spirit within the team, and that's what we saw yesterday. And uh, for me, I don't, I think it's 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 good results for Kaiser Chiefs. Yeah. Um. They they I actually spoke to one of the guys from Amazon after the game. I start told I told him that you know what. The the Kaiser Chiefs needed more uh needed these points more than you guys. <laughs> you know, and 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 not to not to not to say anything bad about how Amazon applied themselves, but but sometimes you 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 Amazon had so much talent on the on on on, on, on the pitch and uh, yeah. I think also Kaiser Chiefs also had an opportunity where Nukovic could have scored brace and uh, with a breakout, especially in the last minute where Amazon was open up, Kaiser Chiefs could have sold the game. Yeah. But but also you you look at where they come from and to where they, they were at. They were not playing an easy side. So for Kaiser Chiefs, I think they fought for their results yesterday. And uh, the, um, uh, let's not get carried away and say this is the turning point for them. They still uh, they still have a lot to play for. And the league is long. It's a marathon. And uh, I think this is one of the victories that they look back, you know, at the end of the season and said, you know, that victory actually helped us. Uh, Teko, just a, just a quick question. Sorry, Slu. Um, when the players are walking off, uh, the Chiefs players, do they look relieved? Um, did Gavin Hunt look relieved? Were they, you know, what I mean, what what was the what what, what was the feel like? Look, uh, you, you know, funny enough, I was just behind Kaiser Chiefs bench, so you know how how Gavin Hunt is. He's a funny guy, and he yeah. he was always having conversations with me, asking me questions that I didn't want even want to answer because of I know that he was just venting out. Yeah, but that's that's what the coaches do. But I I. One thing that I've, I I I I can say is, Kaiser Chiefs players know exactly where they are. They know exactly what to do. Yeah. And after the victory yesterday, I think it's just a sign of relief. But they know exactly that there's still a lot to play for. There's a mountain to climb. Yes, we needed this just to have a breather, just a little bit. But there's more coming in because the games are coming thick and fast. And I think with the, with the attitude that I saw also after the game, it was it was much better than the one that I saw before the game. 
And that's always good to see um, for, for a team as big as Chiefs. I mean, it was, it was always ridiculous looking at the league, seeing them sit, sitting in 14th. You know, it's good at least now they're 10th. They're not too far off top eight at the moment. They're two points behind Barocca there. Um, so, so, you know, a bit of a, a, a bit of an upswing in fortune for them. Uh, and then we had uh, Pirates versus TTM um, and, and Supersport uh, winning against Bloom Celtic. So, um, you know, it's funny actually looking at the at the league. Supersport are, are, are very quiet underdogs here. We we were making a big hoorah about Swallows, of course, naturally. But now oh, Supersport oh. United are tied on points. They're on 22 points alongside Swallows. Um, and they're being led by one of the league's best ever strikers. Um, what do you make of their chances, their performances this season? Um, and and uh, let me just ask you this. Krobler, how how impressive is he? I mean, he's he's taking this form on from last season, um, and and you know he's very key in a in a cha- in a in a challenger for the title. Really, um, how impressive have, have Krobler and SuperSport United been this season? Yeah, I mean, you just go back. I want to say twelve months, maybe a little bit longer, and Krobler was you know really nowhere to be honest. He he was injured again, um, really struggling. He came back, he scored a few goals back in the Bafana squad, came back to Supersport, scored some more goals, um, got offered a new deal. And he's shown, I've always said this, I've always said Brad is by far the best striker in the PSL. When Brad's on form, there's a no better number nine, in my opinion, who plays in his exact role. He's the best finisher in the league by far. Um, Without Krobler, I wouldn't say Supersport would be in where they are, but uh, Robla Gabuza combo is just, it's a pleasure to watch, to be honest. They've, they've just get along like a house on fire. But remember, Stan doesn't want to finish top four, does he? Or top three? What is <laughs> it? what he I like to, to remind he, people. He, he yeah, yeah. Top, three. <laughs> top three, yeah. So um, let's see let's see when he drop, starts dropping Brad. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you make of it, of it Deco? I mean, we, we speak about, um, you know, Stan the man, but this is, this is a, a championship contender team and they're being led by an all-star. Look, it's, it's, it's always great to have... Um, a striker that score goals for fun. I think we spoke about him last week. Um, it's always great to have to have a player like that, you know. And uh, and for SuperSport to be at the position where they are, of course, he's, he has contributed so much for the team. Hence, he is the all-time top goal scorer of SuperSport. And then now they they are you know sitting nicely on the second position, you know, um, um, joining with with. Um, with Swallows as well with points. But the thing is with Supersport is, Supersport is, I think, is one of the teams that are capable of challenging for for the league because of the squad they have. But also with with uh, comparing to other teams that have uh, uh, good squads as well, I think Supersport is the most inconsistent one. Um, because we all know that now this is the, that uh, there were 10 games played, now they're second in the log. Um, um, I just want to see when the 16 games where Supersport will be. Um, um, yes, Breitlhoba, I don't think he'll stop scoring unless there's an injury somewhere. I think he's on form, he's, he's enjoying his game. And uh, I, I just hope that uh, um, with big teams, I think Bradley Hobla needs to be in the position where he needs to win trophies because, you know, that's something that you want to show for. You know, having, 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 um, 
to be the all-time top goal scorer of a team and you need something big also to, to, to back it up as well, you know. And I think Supersport should be in a position where they're looking at the log, like, you know, we can actually try and fight for it and to win the league. And uh, and for me, I think I'm not I'm not, I'm not even surprised that Supersport are, are where they are. They should be. And then I spoke about it at length. I said Supersport should be fighting for the league. We shouldn't be even every season, every season every because season. of how they assemble yeah. their teams. And 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 they they're going to be tested really 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 well over the weekend against Sundowns. Yeah. It's going to be a very tricky game for them. Yeah. Um. If they win that game, they become top of the lock. Period. Yeah. That's what they need to be looking at. And and this is what you want as well in the league. You want. I've always said that Sundowns. Is a great, great team. It's been the it's been the best team the last ten years. We want people to start competing. You don't want we don't want a team to be the best as well for the next ten years. But we're saying we need team to start competing. We don't want the team to be running away with the law with the league early on in the stage of the league. I mean, the league will be boring. And 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 I think SuperSport and Swallows are doing exactly that. And and they're not far away. Um, 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 Orlando Pirates as well. They they're picking their points, but they're very inconsistent as well. But I think SuperSport are, are are having a season that is very quiet, and they're going on with their business. But I strongly believe that they haven't been tested. They haven't played all, you know, well oiled machine teams. But not all the teams this season. They're not all all machines so I think they need to take advantage of that and with Bradley being on form Gabuza's combo as well I think Gabuza also can score more I believe that he can because he's capable of and and if those two can score so many goals I think Supersport will will, will, will definitely be the one that actually chases yeah. Sundance down and don't forget why I commend Supersport so much is Katana Tembo there was an opportunity for Supersport to fire him um, quite early on when he became head coach and they stuck by him. And I always go on about how PSL teams are too quick just to fire coaches and they stuck by him and he's got the team gelling and, and look what happens when you do that. So uh, kudos to them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I've spoken to Gaetano. He's a, he's a super chill, super like he, he's not, he's not the type of coach that say, a Gavin or or a Pizzo is where you know post match interview is just as interesting as yeah. the match. But he's <laughs> he's a he's a calm presence, and I think he's the right guy for SuperSport as well. They should just yeah. back him to win a trophy. Um, yeah. Speaking of coaches being backed, uh, we move on to Owen Degama is now. It's weird to say TS Galaxy's new coach when TS Galaxy, of course, got their PSL status from Highlands Park. Man, man, you come know, on. That's where OBG's <laughs> from, fam. Of course, it's a different team, but it's it just feels like they delayed the inevitable almost, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. But it's good to have Owen back in a coaching role. He's a good coach. So what do you make of, of this news of him going back to TS Galaxy? Um, yeah, there was only one real replacement um, and that would have been Owen Dagama, you know. Um, he's, I think he'll fit right in. Um, I think he's got a squad that he can work with. Because T, um, TS Galaxy, they don't have a bad squad. They're just not playing very good football. And um, I think if anyone can get uh, or put a foot up there, it'll definitely be Owen Dagama. He's, he takes no nonsense. He's he's um, he's old school. Put it that way, and I think that's he sort of he suits TS Galaxy perfectly, in my opinion. What do you make, Deco? Mm. I mean, it's it's an interesting one. Uh, we know in a way what to expect from 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 Owen. His teams are tough to beat. They they they'll run you down. Uh, but of course, TS Galaxy a lot of low confidence at the moment. What do you make of this news? Look, um, Owen is the type of coach that will tell you 
tell a player what uh, they want to hear and that'll bring the confidence back into the players. He's that type of a coach. Yeah. And uh, he'll make even the, the non-playing players to feel special by giving them a chance and play them every week. That's, that's how he is. And uh, the thing is, I know that TS Galaxy will change from how they're playing now. Um, I just want to warn the players that uh, they're going to run and uh, <laughs> they actually going to f- run. And yes, that's, how, that's how Owen teams plays. They play old with school, transition, speed, oh. aggression. You know, that's what he's going to demand from his players. And uh, with the transfer window coming in, I think he might, um, he might sign a couple of players to come and actually help him out. Players that knows exactly what it means to fight for the team because Owen likes fighters. And 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 for him to be to to be there, I think I think um, uh, Tim Sugaz when he when he bought the status, um, I think he want he had his own vision of how he wanted his team to play. Mm. And and when that didn't work out, I'm sh- I'm sure Tim Sugaz can afford um, other coaches that uh, were available, like Eric Tinkler and all that type of stuff. But also, you want a person that you know you trust exactly that he has an idea of the players that you have because some of the players actually there at at, at TS Galas they worked with him yeah so it's not going to be a difficult transition for coach uh, to actually come in and 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 start whipping the guys so i think i think with team sugars i think he had to ex- accept what the fate was and and they, they got the right man for the job because he was supposed to be there in the first in the beginning anyway but but now that he's there um there's he's he's, he's got a lot to do and the players they're gonna he's gonna start demanding so much from the players and uh, it's up to the players to respond but uh but for me i'm not surprised that tears galaxy has chosen him you know i, I love what you said about uh gavin making i'm uh, sorry owen making his players run um and the warning you gave because you know it's something that i hear every week uh when i see uh, analysts analyze Mamelodi Sundowns. They always like, oh, you know, Shalulile. The thing about him is his work rate. He'll run up and down. His defensive effort. And I always go, do you guys remember last season with Highlands Park? That was who he was. I uh, was the type of player that they built, that Owen built. And so, not to take yeah. anything away from Shalulile himself, but I remember, Slu. I remember. I went on loan from Sundowns to Silver Stars back then. And, and Owen was the coach. And we used to train in Modderfontein. Mm. And the running, <laughs> the it was horrific. Up and down stairs with tires on your backs. It was just, and this is this is like three days before a game. This is not even preseason. It's just, uh, yeah, I mean, good luck to you, Skeleton. <laughs> good luck. All the best. And it is an uphill run as well for them. Hey, see what I did there anyway. Mm. Um, oh, whack. <laughs> <laughs> from there, we move into this week in football history. I'll run through this real quick. Today, we remember great moments from the past. We dive into the time capsule. Join us as we remember great moments from this week in football history. This week, back in 1907, Juventus and Torino contested the first Derby della Mole uh, with Torino winning 2-1 and of course Torino would go on to dominate the rivalry for the next century I'm playing Juventus are those guys uh, this week back in 1998 Kaiser Chiefs lost 4-2 to Cape Town Spurs which you know it's just a funny thing to look back because the following season Cape Town Spurs merges with seven stars becomes Ajax Cape Town joins the Ajax family 20 years of history Wow. evaporate last season 
when Ajax decide, you know what, we're not doing this anymore. And now we have Cape Town Spurs back. Um, mm. So mm. just an interesting thing. It's just how quickly things can change. And they're rock bottom, eh? Oh, they are. I haven't, you know, I haven't kept up with, with Glad Africa. Yeah. I've been... Yeah, I've been the, coach, the coach got fired today as well. So. Oh, really terrible. Good. Terrible. Mm. Well, well, I was hoping maybe we'd see a, a rematch soon, but <laughs> apparently not. Uh, and this week back in 2010, when Lionel Messi scored his 100th goal for Barcelona, becoming the youngest person in club history to hit that milestone. And I, I don't know if you know that guy. He went on to score a few more goals here and there. You know? Mm, I know. <laughs> yeah, you might have seen, you know. Um, but we go from there into the weekend preview. Uh, I need to try and find this picture that our sound engineer Aiden sent. Uh, but I think last week, Deco was perfect. Um, three for three with his predictions. Uh, if I'm remembering right. Uh, because you both took downs over Barocca. Uh, and then Sean had uh, Chiefs drawing against Maritzburg 2-2 oh, no. but Deco picked Middendorp to win and then Sean was also wrong yes. with Pirate Swallows picking Pirates on a 2-1 on win Deco had it at a 1-1 draw and it was of course a 1-1 draw oh, three for three. that was oh. Sean are you gonna sports, let this sports, man sports. trample <laughs> on your legacy like this you know what this is actually not okay because just because I lost today, we actually look at the results. But if we're going to kill, it, it's fun. It's fun. But well done, Teko. Well Blame done, well Aiden. Done. Aiden hollered at me like 10 minutes before we started this recording and was like, yo, I have last week's prediction. And I was like, pick on the white guy. Pick on the white guy. But this weekend, we have some cracking fixtures Sundowns versus Super Sports United. Teko mentioned it briefly. Oh, this is a cracker of a match. As we mentioned, Super Sport, real title contenders, Sundowns. Every time they play, look remarkable. Um, it is a it is a, a tale of great attacks. But while uh, Sundowns, their attack is spread out, Supersport do get a lot of their goals through one man named Bradley. So who do you see winning this one? Yo, um, I think this is going to be one of the games of the season. And I'm going for a high-scoring draw, either 2-2 two, two or 3-3. Three, three. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Sean, you're not tired of losing. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I, I, it's gonna be a very great game to watch, but I don't think it's gonna be that open for for more than two goals. I think it's going to be a 2-1 victory for Mamdiri Sundowns. 2-1 victory for Sundowns, extending their unbeaten streak. Another unbeaten team is Swallows, who will take on Paroka FC. Last season, that would have sounded like an easy match, but Paroka are kind of tough this season. You know, their record is three wins, three draws, four losses, but they're in the top eight. And when they were winning matches they were looking good so but of course they're coming up against the swallows team who have not lost so who do you have for that one yeah i think um the confidence that swallows are carrying um even though barocco are going to be playing at home um i'm going for a swallows win a low scoring win so one nil yeah one nil deco who you got um yeah i'm with you on that one i think swallows will win this game i think swallows will dominate because of how i, I think there's problems at barocco I don't want to say much, but I think there's issues there, Baroka. So I think Swallows will actually win the game because Baroka plays the same way. They're waiting on transition. So if you don't give them space, 
then they have problems. But it's going to be a tough one for Swallows. They're going to run, but they'll dominate the game and it'll create more chances. I think Hamadine will get the back of the net and Swallows <laughs> victorious. I mean, it's no secret, Baroka. This is three losses in their last five matches, but they did not start the season that way, to be fair. But but Swallows are, are it's three wins in their last five, so it's, it's just a tough one for them. Um, and then elsewhere we have this is this is also just a a tough one to call is Cape Town yeah. City versus Kaiser Chiefs. Um, I, I remind people don't sleep on Cape Town City. They're not too far off from these top, uh, guys at the top. There, uh, uh, they're sitting in fifth place. They do have a good team. Um, they they're inconsistent. They concede a lot of goals, but they but they but they still manage to capture their their wins where they need them. Uh, and they're coming up against the Chiefs side who just finally got their second victory against Amazulu and who who will know in the back of their minds that three points could make them uh could get them back into the top eight so who do you have winning that one Amakosi versus the citizens sure this is a tough one hey um I've always loved playing Chiefs at the Cape Town Stadium they've never done well there um oh, I, I if there's ever going to be a draw, I think this is going to be one, but an entertaining one. I'm going 2 2. I'll tell you a fun fact before we get Teko's prediction. Cape Town City have conceded more goals than Kaiser Chiefs this season, despite wow. the, the wow. difference in position. So, wow. so it's a hard one to call. Teko, who you got? Uh, you know, my, my biggest concern is how uh, uh, Cape Town City are conceding goals, yeah. and they're struggling with the with, uh, set pieces, and we know how deadly. Uh, Nukovic can be, especially after uh, winning goal yesterday. I'm sure he's high on confidence as well. Uh, look, it might be a 2-2 a draw or a narrow win for Kaiser Chiefs, but I'll, 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 I'll wing it for Kaiser Chiefs. I think Kaiser Chiefs can pull it through. I think Kaiser Chiefs can come back with the, with, with, with the lucky victory. With the lucky victory. Maybe luck will be on their side. I think, you know, sometimes karma has to swing back your way at some point, you know? Karma billiard. <laughs> <laughs> I had a joke lined up for that yesterday, but I felt like it was bad timing. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, we, we were going to do a transfer window watch this week, but I think things are moving a little slow and, and, and we can you know, do that one next week. Uh, you know, yeah, I want to sure. see how certain things play out. Uh, but, um, you know, as we as we move into the weekend, it's been a great show. Um, I don't have a segue here. I was going to try and come up with a shit uh, segue. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm slacking. I'm slacking this week. That's my bad. I'll come back with some fire ones next week. So what, <laughs> what do we have for a party? We've got Bungani Zungu's BMW M4. Um... With two fewer doors and sleeker proportions, the 2020 BMW M4 is a sportier-looking alternative to the M3 sedan. Still, these German siblings have a lot in common. Both feature a brilliant twin-turbo six-cylinder engine that is as refined as it is powerful, and their M designation means they're descendants of BMW's storied subdivision. Available as a coupe or a convertible, the M4 is zestier than the, the regular 4 Series. The highs, it's seriously quick acceleration, affordable competition package, still offers a manual trans uh, transmission. The lows, the steering lacks tactility, and it's overly firm ride. The verdict, the M4, is statistically impressive, but less engaging than its predecessors. A staggering 1.3 million rand. I give it a 7 out of 10. I bet that that drive is smooth when you're cruising through Glasgow, Scotland. You feel me? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I want to do a new thing. As Sean brings in the motivational quote of the week, I want to bring in uh, the, the motivational man of the week. 
Uh, this week, one South African man faced so much expectation. Coming back to his parent club, every we flooded Brighton and Hope Albion's Twitter and yeah. Facebook. We we brought them new followers that they never thought that they could gain. Um, sure. We put the world of pressure on Percy Tau's shoulders, and he came through with an impressive cameo in the FA Cup, and then threw Zinchenko of Man City on his in his Premier League debut last night. So right. big ups, man like Percy Tau. I didn't see the game. Did he do well? He did well. He 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 had. Yeah. Uh, Three out of three successful dribbles. I mean, they lost the game, but it is Brighton, so you know, <laughs> he, he didn't. He didn't. He also wasn't getting the ball given to him a lot in the game. Yeah. But but when he did get the ball, he brought pace. He brought skill. So it, it looks good, and he's he's obviously going to settle in still. So we, course, we should give him some time. But impressive debut. Every time that he got the ball, commentators had nothing but good things to say about him too. So that that feels nice also as a South African, just to hear. People say, oh, Percy Tao, oh, nice touch. You know, it's yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> it's heartwarming in a way. But so cool. What is your motivational quote of the week for us? Yeah, so this one comes from a Mr. Dennis Onyango. Very short and sweet. Keep moving regardless. Man, and that's the perfect quote right after uh, Percy Tao. You know, regardless. If, if if England doesn't want you to get this work permit, keep on moving, my, my uh, G. I, you know so, what I'm saying? Yes, sir. That has been episode number 59 of The Car Wash, a very rare Friday show. Uh, whether you've been listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts, thank you for joining us. Uh, I have been your host, Slu Paho. That has been Mr. Sean Roberts. Awe. And of course, that has been Mr. Deco Mudise. Thank you. Thank you. We will see all of you same time, same place next week. Peace. Peace. Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. This is a car.